Good morning and welcome to our Monday morning chapel. I'd like to draw your attention to an announcement at the bottom of the page. First of all, before we begin, tonight at 7 o'clock in Meyer Hall 101, by Zoom, uh, we will have a guest speaker, uh, Scott Barefoot. Scott is a, uh, a Lutheran member of the Wisconsin Synod who uh, for many years went into the gay lifestyle and uh, now is uh, suffering with some of, the, uh, some of the diseases that come along with that quite frequently for some. And uh, through repentance has come back out of that and has uh, gone around the country now speaking on this subject and hoping to help others who struggle with those challenges. Uh, so that'll be tonight at 7 o'clock in Meyer Hall 101. We'd love to have you come and, and uh, listen to Scott's story. Please join me then in the opening prayer that we find at the, uh, on the bulletin. Lord God, Heavenly Father, send forth your Son, we pray, that he may lead home his bride, the Church, that we with all your saints may enter into your eternal kingdom through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen.
We read from the revelation given to St. John, the 21st chapter, the first five verses. And John writes, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these things are true and faithful. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would now strengthen our faith through them. Amen. May be seated. It's the only time in my life I stood face to face with a soldier with a machine gun strapped to his chest, giving me directions. I was in the city of Jerusalem about 10, 11 years ago. A group from Bethany had gone over on a tour. And one night, three of us decided, let's go walk around the city a little, a little after supper time. And had just gone out exploring a little bit, uh, especially around what would be called the temp Temple Mount area. And suddenly we noticed there was a large crowd beginning to gather, a lot of people, thousands of people, as if some great event was going to be taking place. And we soon caught, found ourselves kind of caught up in this crowd, and, and suddenly soldiers began putting up portable metal barricades to stop the crowd from getting too large. And as we hoped to get back to our hotel room, and uh, the little alley we had to go down was just a little bit of ways away, about from here to the back door, suddenly these barricades went up in front of us, and I was right up pressed against this little guy that I am, and could feel the crowd coming up behind me. And here stood this Israeli guard with a machine gun, stopping us from going any further. And so the three of us from Bethany said, our hotel is right over here. Can you just let us sneak through? Nope. You can't get through. You're going to have to wait for about a half hour. So we had to stand there waiting for about a half hour with all these military personnel making sure to keep some crowd control. Turned out they were celebrating a, a war that had been won years ago. But it was kind of a tense situation. It was one of the, one of the few times in my life I kind of remember, as an adult anyway, feeling kind of scared and wondering what was going to happen. And there were some little mini riots that took place that night. Jerusalem is not always a very safe city. Over a 10-year span, just think of this, 13,215 rocket attacks from Hamas, the Palestinians, have been launched into Jewish cities, primarily Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, mostly Jerusalem. 13,000 rocket attacks in a 10-year period. The citizens there live in constant fear. In fact, if you build or add on to your house, you have to have one room in your home in which you could live for 48 hours in case there's a gas attack that has its own air supply. 
That's the kind of fear they have to live in over there. And our tour guide, an Israeli that lived in Jerusalem, lived in an apartment, our tour guide said to us, after a while, you just get used to the fear. It's around you everywhere. The city of Jerusalem today is divided into four quadrants. There is a Muslim quarter, there's a Christian quarter, a Jewish quarter, and an Armenian quarter. And the, the knowledge on the street is that as soon as the sun goes down, you better get back to your quarter or you don't know what might happen to you. The city of Jerusalem has had a history of this type of tension and violence all the way back as far as we know in recorded history. Just think about this. I'll just read you some statistics. It has been surrounded by armies under siege warfare. That's when you close off a city from anything coming in 23 times in her history. One of those our Lord himself was predicting in his day. It has been nearly completely leveled and destroyed twice. It has been attacked by foreign armies at least 52 times, and citizens have been captured and taken away by invaders into slavery 44 times. Jerusalem today is kind of the epitome of what it's like to be in this fallen world, and all the evil and tension and hatred and animosity and warfare, all of the worst things that we can think about that can happen to us in this world, it's as if they've been intensified around the city of Jerusalem. And as happy as our lives can be in this world, as great as things can be and as secure as we can feel and the things that we can enjoy in this life, we're all really just kind of living in a little bit of a Jerusalem, an earthly Jerusalem. Because all the joys that we experience in this life, all the happiness still has a limit to it. There's always still some fear out there ahead of us. There's always something in your future that you're just not quite sure is going to work out the way you'd like. The dreams and the hopes that we have for our, our world and our lives just, just don't always seem to map out the way everybody wants. And we're dealing with death constantly around us. New diseases are popping up all the time. Jerusalem, the city, is, is really kind of a microcosm of the world that we live in. It's kind of a microcosm of all the aspects of the fallen world that affect us on a day-to-day -day basis. There is always unhappiness, even when we feel some happiness. There's always some fear ahead of us. There's always a reason for tears. Just think of how many times you, ever since you were probably first slapped by the doctor, all the times that you have cried in your life, or wanted to at least. I know we guys, we really fight it. But that, that, that buildup inside of us when, when things don't go the way we want is just all because of the fallen nature of this world. What a contrast we have in the text in front of us when God describes it for us, the new Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit just, just spills out to us these beautiful words about what heaven is going to be like. And he lets John get a glimpse of this and record it for us. Listen again. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That's awesome. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I still remember kind of waiting for my wife to come down the aisle on our wedding day 
and just the excitement that you have about that. To think that, that, God, that God looks at his church in the world as a, the bride that, that he can't wait to have come and live with him. This new Jerusalem. He calls the bride new Jerusalem. Did you notice that in our text? You, as a believer in Christ, are so closely identified with heaven from God's perspective that he refers to you as his new Jerusalem. In the same way that a bride takes on, quite often, her husband's last name and gets his name, so it is with us, God's church in the world, those who've been brought to faith in Christ, that he now labels us as his very bride, his new Jerusalem. You know, sometimes when we read about heaven and we think, try to think about what this is like, all these descriptions that he gives us. God will be with them, will be their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, nor sorrow, or crying, and all these different wonderful things. It's, it's just almost hard to comprehend. In this world, it really is. And uh, it's so far beyond what we can imagine. I imagine, if you would, a, a father who has gone and, and decided to go up into the mountains and build a beautiful, large log cabin for his family. And it's just about nearing completion now. And he's sitting at the dinner table describing to his family how he secretly has been building this for them and preparing this for them. And one of the children just can't even imagine what this would be like. And because they haven't even been there, thinks to himself, there's no way that this, kid, that this cabin could even exist. The child's doubt about it doesn't make it go away, doesn't make the cabin vanish. Okay? The fact that you and I may have a hard time comprehending what heaven could be like and maybe, maybe are even tempted to doubt whether there is such a place doesn't make it go away. God has created it and made it and has it prepared for his saints in this world. And in this heavenly Jerusalem, God the Son who has purchased your entrance into that home, will satisfy your intellect with the complete knowledge of God. You're not going to have any more questions about God or spiritual matters. It'll all be answered. There will be no more mystery left. The veil will be removed. Right now, Paul says, we look through a glass darkly. Then, in heaven, we will see face to face. God the Holy Spirit, who has made all of this possible for you and me by giving us the gift of faith in our hearts, to trust in Christ as our Savior. He will satisfy you inside of your conscience with the most perfect, holy love that there can be. You will experience what it's like to actually love other people perfectly, to, to actually have the righteousness that we now simply have by faith credited to us from Christ will actually be in us, and that will be who you are. That's just something amazing to look forward to, to, to know the perfect you. And God the Father, who's created your very body and your soul and your mind, will flood your memory with nothing but pure joy. And he will satisfy all of your senses as greatly as possible. He will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Martin Luther used to say that thinking about heaven for us here in this life is like trying to throw a rock up into the sky and it will only stay up there so long, and then it falls back down to the earth. And there's a lot of truth to that. The gravity of our present earthly Jerusalem that we're living in makes it hard for us to even contemplate the new Jerusalem. But through God's word, and through his sacrament, and through the mutual conversation of fellow Christians, 
May God continue to help us throw that stone up day after day in our lives and keep our thoughts heavenward. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for the wonderful gift of faith you have planted in our hearts, uh, cleansing us of all of our sins and giving us the hope of heaven. Keep us always in this faith that someday we may enjoy the wonderful bliss with your saints around your throne forevermore. We pray it all in Christ's saving name. Amen.